Welcome back to Barely Serious. This is episode 31. I'm here with Ari Manis and Thank Aaron Thank you so much. Hey, how's everybody? Uh, if you don't know who Aaron is, because you don't. Everyone's here listening because they're my fans. Um, Aaron, <laughs> this is true. Aaron's a really funny comedian, and he runs a comedy club in North Hollywood called The Bunker. It's, it's a, not a competitor to this show, but it is another comedy show. But mm. they're in different areas, different parts of Los Angeles, so they're not competing shows. Bunker is in Burbank, so it's even further away, so you have nothing to worry about. Yeah, if you're listening to this from Burbank, check out The Bunker. It's amazing lineups every week. It has a few duds in there, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, one out of the four to five comedians on the show is going to be pretty bad, but overall, it's going to be a good show. And that's that's saying. I'm, I'm being honest. I appreciate you. appreciate you. But this is not about me. This is about you and how great of a comedian you are. How f- uh, Dude, I'm not... Look, we're all here doing this. And so, yeah, so talk to the man. Talk, talk to the, the guy All who right. runs this podcast, dude. All the right. question I definitely want to ask you, though, is uh, did, you, did you actually listen to the episode that I did with Craig? I listened to... Uh, or did part, you force to the part that you I, were in? Uh, no, I did listen to it because, yeah, I heard the part that I was in, and I did listen to it. I don't know if... I, I can't remember if I listened to the whole thing or not. I'm being honest. I can't remember, but just, I did I listen to it. Specifically the part that we talked about you. Did it was the only part that I was wondering if you listened to. I listened to that part. Fuck yeah. yeah. So the whole Laugh Factory controversy, the whole thing with the, the pedophile joke and everything, you want to uh-huh. get into t- detail on that? Were you aware of this controversy, Aaron? I'm not aware. Please really? No, did, you not, did I not tell you about it? No. Um, so I, you've, you've heard my teacher joke. If you, yes. haven't, if you haven't heard it, just type in Ari Manis Teachers into the internet and the punchline thank you yeah it's a, it's a i you know i'm not here to toot my own horn but it is a funny joke and it does well 95 percent of the time at a good comedy show so the final punchline of the, sh- the joke is if she's 17 and keeps her mouth shut i'll do it <laughs> and that joke is implying that i will have sex with a consenting 17 year old girl which is, in certain states, statutory rape. <laughs> Not pedophilia in any state, just so you guys know, and also legal in, in most, most states. states and most countries. But that's, that's true because I, uh, I just got back from Hawaii and this 16, chick, yeah, age of consent 16, in Hawaii is 16. Dude, I Googled it after you know, meeting um, some chick. You know the states that it's 15? Uh, Maryland? There's certain states, there's certain states, just, there's certain states where I think it's Florida. 15 with parental consent. Uh, that being said, how awkward is that conversation, dude? Hey, man, must be you, awkward. I'm, I'm guessing there's like money under the table involved. Who knows? <laughs> that being said, even though I am defending the legality of what I the joke, just so everyone knows, I've never had sex with a 17 year old girl or an 18 year old girl, girl for that matter. Not since I was 17 and 18 years old. Okay, I, was I go. About to say. Yeah, I lost my virginity when I was 17 to an 18 year old girl, but since then. So then she statutory raped you. True. I was statutory <laughs> raped, which maybe makes it okay to make a statutory rape joke. But the key word is there. It's a joke. Not only that, it's a joke that does well. And in the video of me doing it that was posted, it's Did doing it well. well. It gets an applause break. gets a big laugh. So it's posted on the Laugh Factory Instagram. Within now, one day, it gets quick, over a million views. Quick question. Yeah. Do you know when they're about to post those videos? Or do you just like wake up? No. And they give you notice of YouTube, not Instagram. Not Instagram. So I was. It was already on YouTube, where it was actually received very positively. Okay. Cool. If you look it up on YouTube, it's positive feedback. But on the Instagram, got over a million views, over three thousand comments within twenty-four hours. Uh, the vast majority of these, there were a lot of people. I'll be honest, that followed me and said that's a great joke. But the vast majority of the comments were 
this guy's a pedophile. This guy's a rapist. This guy, watch out, FBI, watch this guy. You know, yeah. very negative, very hurtful. I was had people going on my personal page commenting on it, calling no me way. a pedophile. I had to shut off commenting on my Instagram for a few days. And it, and I'll be honest, when it came out, I was very upset uh, that that it was being taken this negatively. I was I emailed the Laugh Factory and I said, Hey, would you mind taking this down? being received negatively negatively and they said no and so we're not going to take it down we don't take videos down um it's a good joke we stand behind you and the joke you're getting a lot of followers from the joke it's a polarizing joke people aren't going to like it but that's you and i was like okay okay they calm me down they talked me in so i wake up the next day and i'll be honest i woke up the next day feeling good about it and i was like you know what that's the few in the loud that are getting offended. It's a good joke. I've get, gotten over a thousand followers from the joke. Nice. Uh, I mean, the people who piss off, they're idiots. Screw them. Right. It's a good joke. And I woke up excited, and then I go to the Instagram, and it had been taken down because it got reported so many times that oh, in- Instagram took down the video. Because I emailed the laugh hacker. I was like, did you guys take it down? They're like, no, we didn't take it down. It's never happened before. And so it got taken down. They said it's the most negative commented video since Michael Richards saying the N-word. And I don't uh, know about that. You don't know about that video? Oh, yeah. What's that? Buck, wow, 22. Okay, do you know who Michael Richards is? I, I actually I'm, I don't. Have you ever seen the television show Seinfeld? Yes. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, you Sein- have to say Kramer. Kramer, now. yeah. You say Kramer Edward. All right. Oh, yeah, Kramer oh, Edward. So his exactly name is Michael Richards. Okay. And he, in the early 2000s, uh, was bombing at the Laugh Factory and started going off on the crowd and calling them N words because it was uh, a lot of African Americans in the show. Someone was recording this on, I think, like a flip phone. It was one of the first ever videos to go on the internet viral and pretty much ended his whatever yeah. career Never he had or sense. didn't have. Didn't yeah. know his real name. Michael Richards. He's done, uh, he was on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Um, He's since become friends again. I don't think they ever stopped being friends. Michael. Well, no, I mean, he took a break. Seinfeld took a break from him. Oh, right. But that was probably Originally. not because they weren't friends. That was probably just to help his own career out yeah. he went on david letterman and apologized and it was the, it's the weirdest apology yeah how do you apologize how do you apologize for something it's like that really dude? weird uh it's fun dave Chappelle has a really funny joke about it where he's like i know i'm a comedian first before i'm a black guy because i was watching that video and my first thought was damn <laughs> that n-word must be having a bad set <laughs> that's a good joke that's a good joke yeah um dave Chappelle. Uh, did you get any like personal messages from people? Like, oh, did you check them? Met tons, and most of them again were, "You're a horrible guy. You're a pedophile." Blah blah blah. But a lot of them were also, "Hey, ignore all the haters. That was a funny joke. They're just sensitive." Did you reply to anybody that sent negative? I replied to every single uh, one I could, both say? negative and positive. I would. Like, could you give me an example of what one said and what you said? So it depends. It depends on how they're being. So if they came out with me if they came at me constructively and saying hey i think you're a comedian you could be able to make jokes i didn't like this joke then i would leave them alone if they if they but if they came out if they came at me attacking me and just being mean sure. then i would come at them with the same energy okay so if someone res- went on my personal page and left a comment calling me a pedophile i went on their personal page and i called them <laughs> names so one guy I remember wrote on my picture this guy's a pedophile and I went on his page, and it was like a photography page, and I started making fun of the composition of his photos and saying oh, his photos look like. No, I said your photos look like they were taken on a cell phone. This is horrible. 
just started you know ripping on his art because that's what he did to did me. He, did he reply? Yeah, some of them would block me. I I won. Mo- I felt like I won in most cases. I would get blocked or they would respond and. Did you yeah. lose any followers that you had prior to the video being posted? Not that I know of. Okay. I don't want to say that I didn't because maybe some did. But well, you lost me as a follower. Overall, I definitely gained. I gained well over a thousand so followers. It probably would have been more if it didn't get taken down. All sure. bad PR is still good PR. Well, well I don't think that's true. Right yeah, the Michael Richards is a perfect <laughs> example of that. But in this case, no one. There was no articles written about me on the internet. If you Google my name, nothing comes up about being a sex offender. So. I'd say it was positive. Was that, yeah, it was definitely a win. Have you had people come up to you, like outside of the store, or outside of the Laugh Factory, and say anything to you, like anything to your face, or is it all? Just uh, never online? from that video. Okay. But I did. Uh, I was in New York City, uh, maybe a month ago, performing at a show, and I do the teacher joke. And now I have a new minute about the about the Laugh Factory part of the teacher oh, joke. Okay. Fuck yeah. So now I t- I do the teacher joke, and then I follow up, and I say. The Laugh Factory posted that video, got over a million views, 3,000 people calling me a pedophile and a rapist. It said it got taken down from being reported, and they said it's the most negative commented video since Michael Richards saying the N-word, but I still did the joke tonight, and that always gets a big applause break. Nice. So I do it in New York, and it hits. does good. That part gets an applause break, and then a girl stands up in the audience and says, not funny, me too. <laughs> and... I say to her, my response was, well, everyone else in the crowd laughed, so why don't you sit down and shut up, right? Right. Everyone pl- everyone applauds. Ah, this guy's the man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> so then her response to that is, not funny, me too, she repeats herself. Like as in me too, like the me too movement? I believe so. I believe that's okay. what she was referring to. So apparently me telling that joke, me too her. So, <laughs> so, uh, at this point, I'll be honest, I should, in retrospect, I think I should have remained calm and collected and made fun of her. Sure. But I lost my temper. I was already heated. That joke had already happened. The Laugh Factory shit happened. She was standing up and heckling the show and heckling me. Now, at this show, is this a show of yours or were you opening for Theo? Is this something It was it neither. It was just a show. Okay. Yeah. It was a show like this, like your show, but at the Soho house. It was, uh, okay. and it was an awesome show. And... She stands up. She's not funny. Me too. And at this point, I lose it, and I start calling her a dumb bitch. I say, shut the fuck up, you dumb bitch. Say, maybe if you grow out your hair, someone will fuck you. She had like a, she looked. <laughs> she had like short hair. I, I lose it on her, right? And to she the point, ma- can I speak to a manager haircut? Or was she just yeah. bald? No, she wasn't bald. She just had short, curly gray hair. She was okay. older. She was probably fifty years old. Okay, for sure. So I lose it on her. I, I finished my set. The crowd's on my side still. How deep into the set did this happen? Towards the end. This was maybe like 10, 15 minutes in. Cool. So I finish my set. I'm standing in the back of the room. Some guy comes up to me. And I think it's to tell me good job. Because everyone else in the room is like, hey, you were hilarious. Ignore that lady. Shaking my hand and stuff. So sure. I have my hand out. And I say, thank you. And he said, I'm not shaking your hand. That was my wife. Oh, shit. And then he pours a glass of red wine over my head. No fucking way. Pours a glass of red wine over my head. So my, I lose, I'm already mad because of his wife interrupting. I'm already livid. So I, at this point, I lose control. I punch the guy in the stomach. No fucking way. I start choking him, and then people break it up pretty much immediately. Now, 
I'm not a fighting guy. The la- I'm 29 years old. The fight before this was 16 years old. So it had been okay. 13 years. I'm also not a big guy. I don't think anyone would look at me and be intimidated by me. Yeah. But that being said, I'm not a pussy. And maybe pussy is an insensitive word to use <laughs> here, considering like what we're talking fine. about. Yeah. That being said, I'm not a little bitch. No, that's also insensitive. It is? What's the sensitive? What's the sensitive word? That being said, I'm not a little scaredy cat. Uh-oh. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So I'm not a wimp. <laughs> I'm a man. So, you know, to me, I'm standing there. I'm not a fighting guy. Like I said, I haven't been in a fight since I was 16. I don't get into fights. But when a man, when another man pours a glass of wine over your head, now how I literally did thought he have have a glass wine. of wine outside of the. No, this was in the back of the comedy show. Oh, okay. I thought this was outside. No, so I I think to myself when he pours wine, oh, I have to hit this guy. I have to, or I'm a a little bitch. That was like one of the thoughts going through my head. So I hit him and choked him. Now, I don't think I hurt him. It got broken up pretty fast. But that being said, if there was a referee there, (laughs) I won the fight. He got no hits in. I won. So I guess you could say I'm a great fighter. (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't know. Sure. That's okay. It's all good. Um, no way. What happened? Did you get talked to the cops? Arrested? Did he no. Get thrown out? So um, he gets thrown out right after. after I oh I have left this out too. Yeah, because to me I think That's it's self-defense. it's self defense if someone pours wine over your head. But uh, I took his hat off his head too. He was wearing a black baseball cap. Sure. And I took it off his head and I put it on my head. And as he's getting kicked out, he says, I want my hat back. That guy took my hat. (laughs) And I'm sitting in the back with his hat on. Security guard comes up to me and goes, hey, is that his hat? And I'm like, yeah. And I gave the security guard the hat back. So his wife, he's getting kicked out. His wife's, like, standing up, hasn't been kicked out yet. I walk out because I'm pissed, too. I'm, like, following him out. And I put my middle finger in that lady's face. And I say, fuck you. (laughs) And then I walk out. And you know what was also embarrassing about this night? I was there on a first date. Too. There was a chick. There. Yeah, there was a chick there to see me. That was the be- opening of our date, and she had seen me once before. We met when she saw me at Caroline, so she saw. Okay. She knew that I was. Um, was that like the day before? Or? It was a couple days before, so she knew that I was a capable comedian, and sure. I did good in that set. So, so she didn't make me look too bad. But I'm, I'm walking out pissed. Completely forgot she was even there. <laughs> and as I'm walking out, she goes, hey, what's going on? And I said, I'm leaving. You could come if you want. I was just pissed. Right. So she follows me out. She gets a drink with me. I think the whole she's probably feeling awkward, but she, just, she was really sweet and just trying to calm me down sure. and saying, you're great. Ignore that girl. And she was really nice. And then I went back after I cooled down and got a drink and all the comics were there and they gave me a hug and they're like, that <laughs> sucks, man. You were great. And you know, it was also, it sucks cause I don't want anyone to see me like that. Right. And there were a lot of great comedians that I really liked on that show. And it was just, it's kind of, even though I don't think it was a hundred percent, I don't consider myself at fault. It's also, I it's do also wish I could have handled it better and it's not the light that I want to be viewed at. It's not the best look. Yeah. So, I was really upset, but I do you think that's kind of badass that you, you killed Rem and got to beat the shit out of a heckler? I like that beat the shit out of him. I definitely didn't. I don't think he was hurt. I don't think he has a black anything, black eye, <laughs> black. I don't think he has a bruise on his stomach. Probably he's completely fine, but got my adrenaline up. And message got across. Oh, here's a good story that I want to hear about. Uh, I want to hear Aaron talk about. 
is the time uh, you and Randolph beat up a homeless guy. Go. What, what the oh, fuck, dude? We did. You beat up a homeless guy? We didn't beat up a homeless guy. Kind of sounds like you beat up a homeless guy. Well, what happened was is uh, Randolph and I, Stephen Randolph, if you don't know Stephen Randolph, uh, one of the funniest comedians, uh, is almost as funny as Ari Manis, I'd say. We, uh, outside of a show, comedy show. <laughs> Where? On Sunset Boulevard. Uh, the course. nerd, the nerd melt. Used to run a show back in, called, uh, I don't know if this is before your time. Uh, have you heard of Meltdown Comics? No. So there used to be, Chris Hardwick started a room okay. called Meltdown. It was very, when I moved here, it was the hottest. It was more popular than the comedy store. It was more popular. It was the hot spot to go for comedy. Meltdown Comics. It, uh. It's not there anymore. And uh, they had a side room where other people could run shows. And oh, it was a dope. hard room to get a show in. They you know, they had to approve of your show. Sure. And Aaron here and my friend Stephen Randolph ran a show called Palapalooza. And it's where a comedian would go up and perform, and then an improv team would then do a whole thing based off of your stand-up. It was really oh, cool. Oh, shit. No way. And uh, there, I think there might be another show similar to it or, or just like it. I'm not sure. But it was a very cool show at a very cool venue. Now continue with your story. So Randolph and I are outside talking with Ryan J.E. Belt, the famous artist from the Kill Tony podcast now. Okay. We're out there talking. Is this after or before the show? Before the, I mean, after the show. Okay. Everyone's gone. It's just us talking. Lights are off. And this homeless guy comes up and asks Stephen for a cigarette. A cigarette. And I don't think he was homeless. I think he was just a drunk Latino male. Oh, fuck. Um, and he's really drunk. And, and I didn't know this at the time till after, but he had already bothered Randolph while he was in his car before the show. So he had come up to the car and knocked on the window and asked for a cigarette. Randolph said, I, very nicely, I don't have a cigarette. And he kicked the car. No fucking way. So Randolph didn't do anything. He just didn't worry about it, which is a big deal for Stephen Randolph as a hothead back then. And uh, now we're at the end of the show, and there's a, uh, a drunk Latino male who won't leave Stephen Randolph alone. The and same he's guy? Standing right, yeah, he's standing right next to Stephen. He asks for a cigarette. And Steve goes, hey, man, I told you already. I don't have a cigarette. And he sucker punched Stephen Randolph in the face. What the fuck? Right in front of me and Ryan. Ryan takes a step back. S- Steve goes in for him. They start, uh, they start scuffling. They, it gets to the ground. Steven's on top of him because, as everyone does know, Stephen uh, Randolph is a jiu-jitsu uh, uh, blue belt. You knew that. Jitsu, I didn't know he was a blue belt. He might, the, he might just be a white belt. A, a blue belt is that? Yeah. Even high? It's it's the second. It's the second <laughs> higher than white. Not the lowest. Nope. It's not the highest, but not the lowest. Um, they're on. They're they're doing it. Finally, he holds him down. He uh, he says, "Hey, I'm gonna let you up. Are you gonna be cool?" And the guy goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be cool." And as he lets him up, he goes lunging for Steven again. And now Steven's fighting with him in the, almost in the street. He punches him in the face, whatever. It, it's, it gets done. They, they get into it. He, rips his, he breaks his glasses, rips his necklace off. He loved this necklace that Chelsea, his lovely wife, I think, gave it to him. Who got, who got the uh, necklace ripped off? The, Steven. Okay. Steven Randolph. Uh, the Mexican uh, dude ripped the neck. The, the drunk dude. We'll say drunk dude just for, you know, yeah, so for we've, thrown a lot of, we've thrown a lot of bad things around today. The, the pussy ass drunk dude. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, 
The home. Well, he's not homeless. You keep saying he's homeless. He's not homeless. No, he was just a drunk dude oh, who spilled yeah. out of the bar from so like down the street. That lived in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, it's all over. We go to the Seven Eleven up the street. I'm helping him, you know, mend his wounds. He's got uh, his hands all. Steven's hand is all messed up. Sure. Uh, he's like, oh my god, my glasses are broken. He had like two hundred two hundred dollar like reading glasses broken. You know, he's like trying to get everything together. We're putting ice on his hand. He goes, oh my god, my necklace. I have to go back and get the necklace. And I was like, dude, it's probably gone. But we'll go back and look for it. And so as we're walking back, the homeless dude is standing right in the same place. Steven goes, look, man, I don't want to bother you anymore. Leave me alone. Please leave me alone. The guy comes at him again. Fuck. So th- at this point, I get really angry, and I go oh, red. You hadn't, been, you hadn't been involved in the fight at this point? I was just making sure that Steven was okay. So I had not done anything yet. And then the guy took a, took a lunge at Steven, and I front leg side kicked him oh, into shit. the window. Did, did the window smash? No, it was a plexiglass window, but <laughs> I, I wish it would have. It would have been, like, so super cooler. kung fu. But, <laughs> but I remember as I did it, I remember hearing Steven going, how did you do that? <laughs> that was a story. We did not beat a homeless man up. In the, uh, the description I mean, of the episode, it's just say you guys beat up a homeless I, guy. To <laughs> me, like, that's a good story. <laughs> and I, believe, I believe everything you said, but I remember you or the first time I heard the story, I remember him being homeless. He's not homeless. You Are you dog. saying that because it sounds like a bad thing to beat up a homeless <laughs> guy? Look, because I have beat up homeless guys. It's okay. Just, this one wasn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I believe All right. I'll believe you. How long have you been doing stand-up, dude? Where did you start? Uh, I've been doing it almost eight years now, and I started in Los Angeles, California. Okay. I did. Well, I shouldn't say that. I did it a few times in college in Santa Cruz. Okay. A handful of times, but I, I feel like I started in Los Angeles just because came here brand new you know i came here with two minutes of material right if that i don't yeah zero minutes but at the time you know three minutes of material santa cruz did you go to school at the same time as trevor wallace don't know oh fuck i don't know i think he's i think he's i think he's 20 trevor wallace he's such a cool dude dude he really is i don't know fucking man dude yeah he's a a man he was on the pod a couple episodes ago really cool dude sick yeah but uh so you do you still work at the comedy store Technically, I'm still an employee there. I I did a phone shift uh, yesterday. Actually, I answered phones there yesterday. Damn! So when people call in, that's fucking you. Uh, it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I mean that was my first time working there in two or three months. I think for real. Yeah, because I was gonna ask, how does that work with scheduling? Because I mean, you you open for Theo Vaughn on the road. So how does that? Yeah, I opened for a few guys on the road, and yeah, it kind of. I mean, they're pretty. Everyone who works at the comedy store is a comedian. Right. So if you get a show, they're going to do their best to get you covered. So everyone wants to look out for each other because they hope when they get a show, you'll take their shift. Yeah. So if if someone reaches out to me and says, hey, man, can you cover my shift? I have a show and I don't have anything to show that night. I'm there. Gonna, I'm there. And and same goes for everyone there. We have each other's backs. So that's dope. So when I'm on the road, it's I've I think I've only not been able to get a shift covered like once in the four years I've worked there. Did you call out? What happens if you call out? Uh, no, I think I had to miss the show. Damn, what's yeah. the call out policy there? You can't. I mean, no. It's still at the end of the day, it's a job. So if you can't get your shift covered, you're there. They expect you to be there and do the, do your job. That's dope, dude. Yeah. Well, how long have you have? How long have you technically worked there? Uh, as an employee, for yeah. over four years now. Do you like it? 
No, it's, I mean, it's a job. It's still a job at the end of the day. So you get to do, I like the perks of it. Right. I get to go up every Monday there. I get uh, development spots once a week. I get to do these cold open. Like I'm performing in the main room, a sold out main room show this Friday. I'm opening up the show. Right. Which is, I wouldn't get to do if I didn't work there. So that's incredible. But when you're actually working there, you're doing a job. You're watching everyone around you kind of fulfill their dreams while you're working a job. So it's very, I don't know what the word I'm trying to think of, but it's like it's teasing, you know, frustrating. It's teasing. It's humbling. Right. Because it's like, you know, I'll be there one weekend. I'll be opening at a theater one weekend doing 25 minutes in front of a sold out crowd, getting fans, you know, doing great. And then the next day I'm saying, thanks for calling the comedy store. How can I help you? At the same time, there's a lot of people. So uh, I work at Trader Joe's. Yeah. So I would swap. I would fucking easily swap places. Do you have any like not? Like, what would you say to a person that's like, oh, dude, like, how do you get a job? How do you want to work at the comedy yeah, store? Like, uh, it's simple. Uh, it's not how do you get a job, but like, not simple to get a job, but it's simple. The process is simple. It's okay. it's still it's very competitive to get a job. Very hard to get a job there. But sure. how you go about getting a job is very simple. It's uh, hanging out there, getting to know everyone being funny, performing, signing up for potluck every single Monday, getting the talent coordinator to think you're funny. And then uh, if he thinks you're funny and they need a new door guy, he'll go to you and he'll say, hey, uh, would you be interested in being a door guy here? So, But you, you can't, a lot of people come in with resumes. You can't get a job as a door guy. It, you get hired for comedy, for being a comedian. You can get a job as a waitress there with are a resume comedians no so waitresses are just waitresses there. oh okay but if you're a comedian you can't you don't get a job by going there and saying i want a job right that uh, you go there and you hang out and you get to know people and you be really funny and you get recommend recommendations help too so you know if david spade is saying hey you need to hire this guy as a door guy he's funny and he's my friend they'll probably hire you as a door guy that's fucking dope yeah. would you swap jobs would you like if a if a better job opportunity came along, or have you ever thought about leaving working at the comedy store for another job? Absolutely. I mean, I'm already at the point now where I don't need the minimum wage money, right. and right. I'm I'm literally working one shift every couple of months. So I'm I could I could take a j another job right now, and yeah, definitely. To me, I mean, the comedy store is a stepping stone. No one wants Absolutely. no door guy wants to work there for long, and I've already worked there too long. So I would leave. I would leave in a second. Have you had people like recognize you while you're like just working the door and like just had to like? Are you able to talk to people while you're there working, or do you just yeah. kind of have to be like, "Hey, man, um, thanks for coming." Yeah, you get recognized sometimes, and then sometimes you perform while you're working. So right. you'll you'll be working, you get someone to cover your shift, and then you'll go to another room and perform, and then you come back out and you're working, and then the people get let out of the show, and they're like, "Oh, you were just performing. You work here." So That's, that happens too. It's fucking dope. Another interesting question for this could be for both of you guys actually. You guys ever had any chuckle fucks? Chuckle fuckers. I'm trying to think. Have I See most girls that's a common question I get, not just from uh just from regular. You're on the road, you you do comedy, you must get women throwing themselves at you all the time. It's in my opinion, it's easier to get laid as a Trader Joe's employee. <laughs> Then you're like meeting girls. They're asking you questions. Dude, all the girls at fucking Trader Joe's are horny, dude. There you For go. Real. So you're For getting real. the girls on planet Earth are horny. I <laughs> not from my, not the ones yeah, in my what life. Are you, what are you not talking for me about, then. dude? Um, no, I mean, 
the, you got to think, what's the average person that goes and watches a comedy show? It's either men or couples. How many groups of single girls are going to comedy shows? Some, I'm not going to say it doesn't exist, but not a lot, especially the comedians I'm opening for. Maybe they go see Chris D'Elia or Eliza Schlesinger or Whitney Cummings. Sure. But they're not seeing Joe Rogan, Theo Vaughn, Andrew Santino. These are kind of have male-dominated fans. So you got to think, how many girls are there? Single girls are at the comedy show watching me and going, I want to be with that guy. Has it happened in the thousands of comedy shows I've done? Yeah, that's happened. But it's not happening regularly. And then you have to think... Of the girls that send me a message after a show or whatever come up to me and are interested in me, how many of those girls am I interested in back? Fuck yeah, because dude. I'm a picky guy. They got to be cute. Me and Aaron talk about this all the time because Aaron uh, is attracted to fours. <laughs> he's a he's a gross, gross man, and uh, and give or maybe he's a generous man and just likes to give back to any woman that is willing to love him. Any any woman. You hear that, ladies? Any woman. Because I've heard me. of some, some comics, I'm not going to say who, but I've heard from people that work at comedy clubs that have told me that they've seen them in the green room and they'll like be on Instagram and like look at the location and see like what chicks like tag themselves at like that oh, club. Oh, yeah. And like fucking DM. Oh, that happens for do you, you, sure. Do you know who I'm talking about? Like just off that or is it Oh, a like lot of 50% people? of people do that. Are you serious? Yeah, man. That's like. That's really thirsty, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to think after a comedy show when you're in another city and you're just looking for a little fight, fighting that loneliness. Guys will do anything. Have you guys done will, that? Oh, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, I've done that. Has it worked? Yeah. <laughs> What's your go to message? What do you just say? I hey, just send a heart. Me? Are you serious? Yeah. I See, I don't. I w- <laughs> I th- uh, mine only has the red color. Oh, yeah, because he has an Android. Isn't that sad? Yeah, I use Android phone. Aaron asked him, which color heart does he send? Uh, no, I mean, you got to think. I When I send girls messages, I like to send messages where if anyone read through the conversation, they'd say he's a perfectly respectable guy. I okay. don't send. I've, I've never sent a girl, what up, babe? You want to come over? Like, I, you know, I'm not aggressive. Right. I. I find out, I gauge if there's interest. And if there's interest, I'll say, would you like to go get coffee or something like sure. that? Sure. And I'm looking pic? for love. I've sent dick pics in my life over Snapchat. Just Snapchat? Yeah, because I, I want them to disappear, you know? Yeah. I don't want them to have <laughs> no, that picture. You just don't want forever. them to, sn- to stay on Snapchat server forever? I'm okay with Snapchat having it. I just don't <laughs> want some random girl having it. But I'll trust like a multi-million dollar conglomerate for sure. A large corporation. But what was I going to... I was going to say something about I'm looking for I'm love. looking for love. And to me there's three qualities I'm in a lady. You're not you're just looking to have He's some fun. He's a 22-year-old man. He's looking to get Yeah, you know. 22 you shouldn't be looking for love. But I'm 29. I'm almost 30. All right, all yeah. right. So at I'm looking for three qualities in a, in a woman. First quality is Wait, do you make him guess? Okay, you can guess. <laughs> oh fuck. Three really? qualities in a woman. Yeah. At least guess one. She's got to be hot, dude. Like seven. White. Five. They have to be white. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, no. Okay, yeah. First one's hot. You got that one, right? Okay, so you're one for one. Let's go She's for number two. I feel like I feel like you're one of those dudes that doesn't really want her to be a comedy fan. I feel like you're one of those dudes that's just like she kind of just lets you do your thing. 
and doesn't uh, really meddle with it or want to come to every show. Is that, am I spot on with that? I definitely don't want them coming to every show, but they're allowed to be a comedy fan. Not that they're yeah. not allowed to be, but not that they're like super involved in what. Like, yeah, if a girl, I I let a girl since I've been doing stand up comedy, I've had two girlfriends, I believe. In eight years. No, three. Sorry, three. Yeah, I've had three girlfriends in eight what years. Was the the longest one, no. <laughs> the longest one was maybe nine or ten months in the in the in the last really? eight years. Yeah, so you've been mostly single. I've been mostly single, so maybe I've had a girlfriend two and a half years out of the last eight years. Oh fuck! All right. It's tough to get a girlfriend when you're. I'm constantly traveling. That's true. I'm out till two in the morning every night. I don't even. I'm not even at a place where I'm meeting girls to be my girlfriend. I don't have a job. I don't go to. But that's his choice. He could go and meet girls. That's true. I don't like going to bars. So yeah, maybe it's par- partially my choice, but I'm, you know, I'm waiting. Anyway, what are the three qualities? The three qualities are looks, which some people are like that's shallow. No, that's every human being. Every human being needs to be physically attracted yeah, to their spouse. Except yeah, maybe there's an exception to that, but 99% of people. The second one is uh, they got to be kind. Okay. Have to have a big heart. I don't like girls that make me feel bad about myself i want a girl that makes me feel good about myself and is positive and says nice things about me and other people i'm with that yeah the third quality is they can't be a dumb dumb <laughs> no dumb dumbs <laughs> they gotta be, be able to hold a conversation with me engage talk about things in the world and if they're like Eh, I don't like learning about things. Oh, that's nerdy. Oh, that's I, I don't know, know exactly anything. I just about, like dude. I like to do my makeup and go to yoga and watch the Gilmore Girls. Well, guess what? You're not girlfriend material to me. Dude, my ex-girlfriend, she would laugh at some of the things I would say just because I think that she would just feel like it was the time to laugh. Like she'd be like, "Ha, you spoke." Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, can't have that. And then the fourth quality. Three. Yeah, but this this one isn't a requirement, but it's a very nice bonus. Is a good sense of humor. Oh, because always. I say a lot of messed up shit, as you guys know. I say <laughs> racist things. I say homophobic things. I say sexist things, and I don't consider myself any of those. I don't consider myself racist, homophobic, or sexist. Right. But I say those things. Why? Why do you say those things if you're not those things? It's fun. How do you how do you split the? <laughs> it's fun being a naughty bad boy. It's fun saying things that gets people going. Oh my gosh, it's fun to do that for me. It gets a rise out of people. It gets my adrenaline up, and I enjoy it. So what the girl. One, what if one day someone accidentally you say that, and then but somebody's filming it, and then what happens? Well, I mean, look, we were just recording it, and I said my first quality in a lady is white. So it's things like that. Which is funny as so, well. So we all laugh because we all have good sense of humor. But there's plenty of people in this world that would, that would, that would, that joke right there would immediately turn them off and they would either leave or be silent the rest of the podcast or say something. That's right. not funny. Even though it was clearly a joke. I've, my last girlfriend was Asian. I've dated Hispanic women. I've dated black women. I'll date, I don't care what color a lady's skin is. You didn't mention Indians, dude. Yeah, well, yeah, they can't be Indian. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's, I mean, they smell bad. Um, the food's pretty good, though. Good. I love Indian food. I yeah. do not, dude. I don't That'll like. That'll change. Really? That'll change. True. When I was well, when I was 22, I think I liked it by then. I but didn't. when I was 18, I didn't it's like. It's an acquired taste. For 
for sure. Here's what here's what you got to do. Here's how you get into Indian food. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you how to get into okay. it. Okay. Okay. I'll agree with this. I, I think I know where it's You going. think I know? You start there's few items that you're for sure going to like. For example, a uh, garlic naan. You ever had garlic naan? I have. Delicious. You it probably is, like it. Is it. Good bread. All it is is bread with garlic on it. It's yeah, amazing. You can't fuck that up. You can't mess it up. Anyone's chicken gonna, masala. Yeah, you, you go for a, a basic chicken dish without the curry. No curry on it. Okay. Just uh they have dishes that are just spiced chicken. Okay. But made flavored flavored chicken at Indian restaurants. You get that and garlic naan, it's going to be great, right? Then you start with a basic curry on the side. Maybe you dip a little chicken in that curry. Or it's mostly chicken still, but you get a little hint of curry flavor. But I bet he doesn't like sushi either. You're spot on, dude. Yeah. You're the fucking man. You're yeah. a base, you're just a young kid who's who likes who likes the California basic foods. The other day. That's the introduction yeah. of the sushi. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like I was you once. I was you once. You got to drench it in soy sauce. Here's a, here's raw, dude. here's what you do. Get a roll, but don't have them wrap it in seaweed. Have them wrap it in soy paper and see if you like the taste of the fish, because the seaweed might be what's turning you away from it. No, no. I, I think seaweed's all you right. Get, actually, you get an avocado California roll, and you drench that thing in soy sauce. You're mostly tasting rice and soy sauce. It's gonna be good. And then you do that, and then before you know, and some wasabi. Yeah, yeah, but this is just the beginning. While you're getting used to this new texture that you're not familiar with. So you actually don't hate Indian food or sushi. You're just scared of trying new things. You're scared of the texture. But as you introduce yourself to these things, first you make them. You're used to, you like rice, right? Yeah. You like white rice? Yeah. Sushi is mostly rice with stuff in the middle. You like soy sauce? Yeah. Do you like raw fish? No. What about like so tuna that's fish the part. Okay, does that raw? Does that actually count as raw? That's raw. Yeah, they I have mean, tuna sushi. I love it's tuna. It's cooked a little bit. It's boiled in the water that they that they can it in, but it's raw. It's raw. I actually love that shit. I'll put that on a. I'll yeah. put that on like Ritz crackers that's, and shit. Listen. So so the thing about California rolls is it's fake crab. So right. it's it's like a white fish. Try a tuna roll with soy sauce and rice and or a salmon roll. Do you like salmon? I'm a big fan of salmon. Yeah, they have Look at this guy. You like sushi. He's a sushi guy. You, <laughs> like, you like Indian food and you like sushi. You just don't know it yet. We did it, dude. We just yeah. talked him into it. I guarantee it. I guarantee you I could take you to an Indian restaurant, order for you, and you would enjoy it. Fuck, dude. I might have Same to take you sushi. up on that at some point. I was you. That's I, fucking insane. Yeah. What's another food he wouldn't like? Um, Thai food. Thai food? I actually don't think I've ever had an experience with Thai food or had none of my friends eat that so I've never been to a restaurant that has Thai food Thai food go to a place called Toy on Sunset it's very hip it's no, not the best Thai food no it's not the best Thai food Thai right next door is way better agreed and it's cheaper but that sounds to way better to intro someone to Thai food go to Sunset Thai no I say go to <laughs> Toy because it's like whitewashed Thai food so it's for a noob you know for someone who's like I don't know if I like that nice gamer reference bro yeah mm-hmm. What about oh? What about ramen? Do you like ramen? I love ramen. That's All right, you're not like, that bad. But, 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 ramen. No, Top ramen. No, I'm talking about a real ramen, like Japanese That's ramen. That's real ramen, isn't it? No, no. forty nine cent package. You just crack That's it. No, no, no. Ramen? How dare you, sir? I'm talking authentic. A ramen restaurant where you go there, you spend twelve dollars on a ramen, a bowl of ramen. Fuck, dude. That's like that's a burrito chips and a drink at Chipotle. Oh, a, a twelve dollar bowl of ramen. You'll be stuffed to capacity at the end of that meal. For real? Yeah. It's like two. It's like two or three bags of top ramen, but okay. way but real high quality noodles, high quality meats in it. There's a ramen place right around the corner from my place, actually. Google Look up the reviews. Yeah, make sure because yeah. bad it's ramen always can be bad. It's always popping. Um, yeah. So and ramen's a great Valley, date dude. night too because it makes the girls feel exotic. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then she smells like garlic and nothing happens. Yeah, but on a I first date, nothing's going to happen. Like that. <laughs> or, you may, or you say, hey, don't worry, I have an extra toothbrush at home. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, who says I'm going home with you? And, and then you say, I am. I'm saying that. You do what I say. Did the door just get stuck? Cool, now nobody's going to come back out. Well, but it won't shut. Hold on. Sorry, guys. Well, maybe if it, if it doesn't shut, maybe this is feel pretty stupid, huh? And we're I back. I, stupid. Yeah. I feel pretty stupid. I was throwing my whole body weight into that fucking door, dude. Hey, that door stopper just blends in right into that door. It's hard to miss. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, do you have any qu- other questions yeah, on actually, your interview sheet? Um, you wrote about uh, children's books, <laughs> Bears Don't Eat Candy. Bears Don't Eat Candy, yeah. It's... um. It's a book for children ages one to four. And yeah, I actually wrote it a few years ago. It was always kind of sitting in a Google Doc. Sure. And one day I was like, you know what? Enough of this sitting here. I need to get this thing made. I was always one of those things where I'd meet someone who who draws an artist. And I would say to them, hey, I wrote this children's book. Would you want to do the art for it? And every time they'd say yes. Every time they'd say, of course, that sounds awesome. I would love to do it. And I don't know if it's because people are flakes or it's because they read it and they didn't want to do it. Sure. Because I even offered them money sometimes. I'd be like, hey, I'll pay you 50 bucks a page. I, I did that once. Oh, fuck. Still didn't get done. So finally, I reached out to my friend Brad Sachs. And uh, you can look at his Instagram. And he is not a good painter at all. He's a <laughs> bad a bad artist. But I knew he would do it. He's a reliable the, the guy. He's a creative, reliable. Bad. No, that's his genuine art. It wasn't ironically shitty at all. No, that's Brad Sachs art. It looks like maybe some, maybe like fourth, yeah, fourth grade drawing level. Some meet the masters, maybe even third. But he did it, and I knew he would because he's a reliable, creative guy. And he wrote the art for it, and we finished. We made a children's book. It has some grammar mistakes, (laughs) but overall, it has a good message, a positive message. It's for little kids. The drawings are fun and. Some kids seem to like it. I, I get sent videos of kids reading. I saw one of them. Yeah, the books and and most of them enjoy it. So it was really cool and uh, it was a good. It was just feels it feels nice to finish creating something and put it out there to the world. Yeah, absolutely. So like now I could say I have a children's book. Buy it on Amazon, and that's just it's gratifying. It's like writing a new joke. It's like making a new sketch, whatever it is. Finishing yeah, a piece, posting a new podcast episode. <laughs> it's. Hey, how are you guys? Sorry, guys. Oh, you're all good? Yeah. It's all good. We're almost done. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I did it, and now I have a sequel coming out called uh, Bears Don't Like Candy. Uh, Polar Bears Don't Like Candy Either. No is way. in development. Yeah. So That's book number dope. two, and I'm taking all the things I learned from doing that first one. I'm going to make the art better, the story better. Everything's going to be better. That's fucking dope. Looking forward to, to reading that. Mm-hmm. Um, one last question for you. Uh, going on the road, what, what like, okay, f- two-parter. One, what was your first comedy road trip and how soon in the comedy was it and you remember anything about it? And two, do you have any advice for comics going on a road or any anything like that? Do you want to hear the first time I went on the road or the first headliner I opened for? Whichever one you want to talk about. Um, or both if you'd like. So the first time I went on the road was something called a triple run. Have you guys heard of that? Have you done one of those, Aaron? No. 
Triple Run. That's the one where you go up like to Colorado and shit. They're right? all over. They're all over, or at least okay. they were. I think they're they're not as many of them now, but they're very famous. You could hear Marin talking about it on his podcast, and a lot of old school guys used to do them. And there's this guy named Dave Tribble who I've never met. I just exchanged a few emails with, but he's basically a comedy club promoter slash booker, and he would go to venues say what's your budget how how much can you pay me to run a show here and then they'd say oh we'll give you x amount of dollars and he'd find comedians to go do the show right right so they're notorious for being terrible terrible shows that's their reputation but they're like the first shows that a lot of these big comedians got to go headline and go do because sure. because you know if you have any pride in yourself or your ability you won't do them <laughs> but as a new comic they're like you get 30 minutes at a show, and we'll pay you 150 bucks a show. So I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do that. So I drove 18 hours to Oregon to do 30 minutes. What's this, Portland then? This was, no. It's not in big cities. These are like middle nowhere, Oregon. So I was in Klamath Falls, Oregon. I know it was exactly called. where that is. Yeah. And it was at a bowling alley, like the back <laughs> of a bowling alley. And I get there, literally driving 18 hours, got a speeding ticket on the way. So i lo- losing money before the show even starts. Okay. Because it's like a $300 ticket, and I'm right. getting paid 150 bucks. So Plus gas. Right. Because it was lodging. Plus time. They give you free lodging, free okay. food, and it was a few shows. So I think Toro was making 500 bucks. Okay. So I get to the show. There's 10 people in the back of a bowling alley. Were they there specifically for the show? There was like 10 people there for the show, but they're sitting, there's no one there running the show that knows anything about comedy. So there's no lighting. There's a... It's on this stage that was meant for a band. There's like a drum kit in the back. Right. There's no one seating the people. So there's 10 people scattered throughout the back of the bowling alley. Pins were going. They didn't stop the bowling. So you could hear pins going down. It was awful. Like I wouldn't be able to do good at that show now. Okay. Uh, or any, I don't think anyone would have been able to do good at the show. And I'm doing 30 minutes. It was kind of, it was similar to... A show that I did tonight <laughs> that I won't say the name of. Except you it were was required to do the full. <clears throat> right. But I had to do it there, to get to the get money. Paid. Yeah. So I go up and I bomb horrendously. I'm bowling after the show. And a girl comes up to me and is like, you're one of the comedians, right? Not a pretty, like an older lady. Sure. And I'm, I thought she was going to say something nice. Like, I thought you were funny. But she said, you're the worst comedian I've ever seen. Fuck. And that was my first time on the road. And I really questioned being a comedian in that moment. That's fucking nuts. How, how, how early into your career was that? That was two years in. Two years deep? Two okay. years in. And then my first headline I opened for was uh, Polly Shore. Oh, nice. And that was from working. No, I wasn't working there yet. Just hanging around the comedy store. And someone asked. He asked. Uh, some, for someone to fix his computer and someone recommended me. I'm a tech nerd. <laughs> and I went up to his office, first time meeting him, fixed his computer, and he was really nice. He was asking me questions, how long you been doing comedy, things like that, friendly. And he said, how much do I owe you to fix the computer? I said, don't worry about it. Fuck yeah, dude. That's Did a baller move. And then... Oh, this is how it happened. This is how I got open for Polly Shore. That's how I met Polly Shore. Sure. This is how I got open for him. At that time, I was running the Ice House open mic and performing. The Ice House was the first club to pass me in LA. Or not pa- they don't have a pass, but the first club to give me spots. Sure. And to book me. 
And so I was in there. The, the staff knew me. They liked me. And he goes, where do you perform? Paulie was asking me that. Where do you perform? I go, oh, I perform at the Ice House. That's what I said. And he goes, oh, I've never uh, headlined there. And I said, oh, I could for sure get you a headlining gig there if you want to do it. Right. He goes, yeah, sure. Set me up. So I said, so I go back and I talk to the manager. I go, hey, I was fixing Polly's computer and he said he would like to headline here if you want him to do it. And he goes, I would love for him to do it. He's done it before. I was like, <laughs> he has headlined here. And he goes, he says he hasn't. He goes, no, he definitely has several <laughs> times. And I go, okay, well, let's just book him again since he doesn't remember. So I do it. And then Polly says, oh, since you want to open for me there? He was being nice since I got on the gig. And I go, I'd love to. And then we're driving over there. He's like, yeah, I've never been here before. <laughs> we get to the green room. They put a picture of him in the green room of him performing there <laughs> in the room. And he goes, oh, okay, I guess I have performed here before. <laughs> I opened for him. I did uh, 15 minutes up top. And I did pretty good. Fuck yeah. And Steve Simone featured. He did really oh, good. So yeah, Steve Simone's great. Really nice guy. Shout out to Steve. And Steve comes up to me after he said, he goes, you did great. I think he's going to bring you. And then after that, he brought me around uh, the country. I got open for Polly in Ohio, in Kentucky, middle of nowhere, Nebraska, just all over, all over the place. And it was, uh, it was awesome. It was the first time getting to go with a real headliner. It was the biggest it was awesome. It was something that, you know, everyone wanted to do and I got to do it. How'd you get in with, cool. how'd you get in with Theo? Was it just working at the comedy store? No, it wasn't from, that wasn't from working at the store either. It's funny. Like people always say that, oh, you're getting all these new opportunities from working at the store. I don't, I can't think of anything I've, of these type of things. Besides those, op- besides the spots? Work, getting spots at the store. Uh, with Theo, I've just, when I moved here about seven, eight years ago, he was a great comedian and he was passed at all the clubs, but he wasn't famous at all. Sure. It wasn't a household name. He had done like some dumb show on MTV that some people knew him from, but as a stand-up comedian, wasn't selling tickets, was just kind of a, I'm trying to think of who I could equate him to someone like today. Maybe he was at the level of Jeremiah Watkins as far as just like, you know, Jeremiah is a respected comedian, funny guy in LA, but not, touring the country selling tickets sure so but he was always one of my favorites like anytime someone said to me who's your favorite i'd be like theo's amazing he's gonna blow up i would always say that to people and i was always you know i just was a fan of his and we became friends and then so when he blew up the last couple of years ago it was like the first time he got to bring someone to open for him and couldn't afford to do it and so he said hey would you want to open for me I said, I would love to. And then I went with him and we just got along. That's so it's been dope, like dude. maybe eight months. I don't remember when I started. I think I started in like November of 2018. Opening for him? Yeah. So maybe less than a year I've been opening for That's him. But dope. it's, yeah, it's been awesome. Since you've been on the road for like so long, like what are like, like tips or like anything, like anything to like look back on or like anything that you do different or like times to remember, or just anything about the road that. Um, to a newer comic tips for the road pack light don't check any bags I don't for as far as comedy it's you know it's the same as anywhere right. else write and perform and get better what do you do it's when not you're not different. performing in these other cities you just go around fuck around yeah explore. go get food you don't it's, a lot of people think oh you get to travel to these cities and explore it's not that much exploring because let's say 
you get into a place Friday, you get to your hotel room at three in the afternoon, then you have a show at seven. Sure. So you don't have that much time to go out anywhere. Right. Maybe by the time you get food, now it's four. You want to take a nap, chill for a little bit, go to the show. Then by the time you're out of the show, it's 1 a.m. Right. So you go home, go to sleep. Then you sleep in till 11 because yeah, yeah. whatever. You're not used to the time zone. And then before you know it, you have shows. So it's really, it is work. It's fun work. You got to perform and do what you love. But it's not oh, I'm going to go run around town all day and then roll in, do the show, and then hang out. It's it's You go to a town, and you're there for work, and you perform. That's fucking dope. Is there anything that you guys want to part on the podcast? Anything I want to plug uh, okay. The Bunker. It's a <laughs> comedy club in North Hollywood. They do shows it's there every Burbank. Saturday. Oh, sorry, Burbank. It's right next to North Hollywood. And tell them about the your festival. And we're doing a festival at The Bunker no, called... The no, we're not. We're doing the Southland Comedy Festival at the bunker, though. Part of it's at the bunker. Yeah, one of the venues, one of there's the a venues. if you're a comic listening to this, there's a new festival in LA called the Southland Comedy Festival. I'm actually not a part of it, but it's a great festival. They're doing shows at the bunker, at the comedy store, at the Laugh Factory, at the Improv, oh, the improv 2020, isn't the it? Ice yeah. House, and January 7th through the 11th. Submit if you get in there. You're gonna get to do some great shows and some cool Where people can we watching. Where submit that to? Just Google. What was it? Yeah, SouthlandComedyFestival.com. Southland Comedy Festival. For me, uh, you could check me out. I'm on all social media platforms. I got a website, Ari Manis, my name, A R I M A N N I S. dot com. I put out a lot of content. I have a podcast. I have videos. I have stand up out there. I got a children's book. I got an album out coming soon. I got yeah. I got, I got things. I got goals, and I want you guys to be along with me for my journey. I know I come across as not a nice guy, <laughs> but you're a very nice guy. I'm as your friend and as someone who knows you personally, you're a very nice. I'm nice. Guy. Here's here's what I'll say. You don't have to like me, but just give my stuff a chance. Go watch a couple of videos of me and see if you like me. And if you like me, cool. Then join me on my journey through comedy. And if you don't like me. That's all good, but don't say anything negative to me. Just negative to me. Just move on with your day. Move on to the next comedian. Fuck yeah! Thank you guys for doing the podcast. I really appreciate it. Dude, thanks, thanks for having me, man. <laughs> thanks for having us.